In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Rituals are important to people if they remember what the rituals are for. And you know, if you go other places in the world, or even in this country, you find people do things a little differently. You go, wow, wonder, wonder why they do that kind of stuff. We have some of those rituals in today's gospel lessons. And uh, when I looked at this, it reminded me of um, when my wife Deborah first began attending the Lutheran church. And she wondered about our, our Lutheran rituals. Remember that, Deborah? And she, she said to me, how come you don't sing the, the good old hymns? And I, I said, well, Lutheran hymns are largely from the 16th and 17th century. How old do you want them? She said, no, no, I mean, you know, the good, the good old hymns. And what she meant by that was Baptist hymns, right? Yeah, Old Rugged Cross and Amazing Grace. And yeah, that's what she meant. Uh, that was, that was the, the, her tradition. And then she said to me, uh, and, and also, why do you do this Lutheran babble all the time? And I said, what? She said, you know, where you say something and then the congregation says something, and then you say something, and then they say something, and back and forth like that. What you do? I said, you mean the Lutheran liturgy? Yeah, Lutheran babble. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's different, different rituals and different traditions. At Joseph and Mary had their own rituals of Judaism. And they followed them very closely. You can tell that they were very devout people. Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day according to the law of Moses. They brought him to the temple for dedication on the 31st day, which is what our gospel lesson is about today. And that was when he received his name formally. So then they called him Jesus or Yeshua or Joshua, depending on what language you're talking here. And so uh, then Mary would have the rite of purification after 40 days. Just for luck, she had a boy. Otherwise, it would have been 80 days. It was a man's world. And, uh, uh, the, and they, they followed you know, all of those rituals and traditions. So in our gospel lesson, they're there doing the rite of dedication. They brought Jesus for his naming. And while they were there, two very old people, Simeon and Anna, not related, were in the temple. Simeon was a very devout man, and he God's Spirit was on him, and the Spirit had told him he would not die before he saw the Messiah. And Anna was a prophetess who was there day and night. She apparently lived in the temple. Uh, so anyway, they, they saw Simeon, and he came up, and when he saw the Christ child, he didn't have to ask for any signs or wonders. He could, he could tell. He knew right away uh, who he was. And he picked Jesus up in his arms, and then... He said his little, uh, his little speech, which some of you will remember this. It's called the Nunc Dimittis, which is in Latin, which means now let us depart. And what he was saying is, I've, I've seen it now. I can, I can go now. I've seen it all. I've seen the Lord's Christ. I've seen the Messiah. I'm, I'm ready to go. And <clears throat> this was, I don't think it's in the, the current hymnal or the new one. I think this is about two hymnals ago that the Nunc Dimittis was in there. And uh, I'll start this off and see if any of you remember this. Lord, now let us thou thy servant, go ahead, depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles 
and the glory of thy people Israel. See? A lot of you didn't know it, remember? Yeah, we didn't do the glory. Uh, yeah, we'll leave the glory off. Carol, you're just showing off now, Carol. <laughs> uh, so Simeon, Simeon said that saying, and that became part of our liturgy. And in point of fact, all of our liturgy is almost entirely quotes from, directly from Scripture. And this is one of them, the Nunc Dimittis. I can go now, Lord, I've seen it all. And then the prophetess Anna came up. He said some, some tremendous things about the baby Jesus. Then Anna came She said some things. Mary and Joseph were left going, wow, we knew this was a special baby, but we didn't know he was that special. And so with all of that, it, it kind of makes you wonder, in the Gospel of Luke, why is there so much baby stuff in there? I mean, there's the whole nativity that just he and Matthew have. Uh, and then now there's all this stuff about babies and, and uh, all that. What, what's that all about? And the answer to that is Luke is very concerned, God speaking through Luke, very concerned that we recognize that Jesus was a real baby, that he was a real human baby, and that he was like us all the way through. And that's important. It's important that Jesus be like us, that he knows what's going on with us. Now, I had a little trouble with this when I was young. When I was in confirmation class, uh, I might have been a bit of a pill at times. Um, I know some of you are finding that hard to believe, but I had questions. I had these questions. I would ask Pastor Kaczynski. I'd say, my brother Kevin was a, was a yearling when I started confirmation class. And I said, now, did Jesus' diapers stink like Kevin's diapers stink? Uh, you know, was he, did he have special, you know, powers or something? I don't know. Uh, did, 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 when Jesus was a, a carpenter, right? Well, um, my uncle was a carpenter. And uh, now when Jesus hit his thumb with a hammer, did he say, doggone, racky, snacky? Uh, or did, did he have stronger language than that, like my uncle uh, Gilbert did? Uh, did, did Jesus like girls? Really, really like girls? Or did, you know, uh, I had these questions. And Pastor Kaczynski said, we don't know. <laughs> so so I, I was left. But I, I, think that, I think that throughout history, people have had kind of a hard time uh, with that issue, the two natures of Christ. If you will look at your uh, creeds, the Nicene, the Apostles, and Athanasian creeds, you will see that all of those were really written in response to questions about either the two natures of Christ or the three persons in the Trinity. They're, they're a, a brief explanation of those two doctrinal issues. And there was a, a heresy in the early church called docetism. You don't have to remember that. Don't write it down. And, uh, and that, and that what meant there was a guy that said he didn't think that Jesus was really human, that he just had a shell that looked human, but he was really actually all God. That was a heresy. Then later on, we had a heresy on the other side called Arianism. Remember Arius? Some of you might remember that one. And he said that the opposite, that Jesus wasn't really God. He was kind of like God, but he wasn't really God. He was just human. So you have, you have these two heresies, and, 
And uh, in between that, on a different plane, is Orthodox Christianity, which is to say, no, Jesus is both fully human and fully God at the same time, which is still hard to understand, but it's great to believe, because what that means is that Jesus was fully like us. He knows what it is we struggle with. He isn't just some guy that talked the talk. He walked the walk. He understood what it meant to not be understood because almost his entire ministry people didn't understand him. He knew what it was to have a good friend betray you, Judas. He knew what it was to, have ev to even wonder if God had forgotten him. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew what it was like to uh, be frustrated. He knew what it was like to go through all of the things that we go through. He was a human baby. He was a human being. He wasn't a super baby and a superman and therefore super God to dip us out of our super troubles. He was truly human. And at the same time, he was truly God. Truly human so that, he, so that his death is for us humans. And truly God so that his death is big enough to take care of all of the sins of the entire world for all time. And that's why it's important. It's important for Jesus to identify. God seems to, seems to like flesh and blood and bone. and He seems to love his creation in that way. The light of Christianity, the light of the world, is that it makes a difference to people to know that God cares about us, that he understands us, that he knows what our struggles are, our frustrations, our uh, resentments, our addictions, our everything that we have. He knows all of that. And he, can, and he can be there with us. And that light of the world continues to shine, not just at Christmas, but it continues to shine. And I, I was reading a, a World War I story a while back, and it said that, Back then they had trench warfare, you know, where the Allies would be in one trench and then the Germans would be, as is in France, uh, in the other trench. And every once in a while they'd go over the wall into no man's land and try to get to the other trench. It was kind of a static war. But anyway, it was Christmas Eve one year, and uh, the, uh, they were, nobody was doing any shooting. It was Christmas Eve, and it was clear, it was clear and chilly. And uh, all of a sudden, the Allied soldiers... Uh, heard this sound from the other trench. Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. And then they joined in. All is calm, all is bright. And they continued singing in German and in English. And when they were done, uh, then somebody stuck out a white flag and the other side stuck out a white flag. And they cautiously crept out of the trenches into no man's land. And they greeted one another with Christmas greetings and shared rations with one another and sang a couple Christmas carols. And then when it was done, they went back into their trenches. But both all of the troops on both sides in both trenches had to be replaced because they wouldn't shoot at each other after this. They'd shoot in the air, but they wouldn't shoot at each other. They had seen the face of the enemy and it looked a lot like theirs. And the light of Christmas was able to make them see that. 
the light of Christmas still shines today. I read another story that happened just a couple of years ago. There was a woman who saw a little 10-year-old boy. He was standing looking longingly in the store window. He was barefoot even though it was cold. And she said, maybe you ought to come inside the store with me. And he didn't know, but he went. And she said, um, you know, I think maybe you could use something for your feet, couldn't you? Well, yeah. She took him in the back. The clerk was there and washed his feet off with towels. And then she got some socks from the clerk. And then she got a pair of shoes. She put the socks and the shoes on. She said, I think that looks better now. What do you think? And the little boy looked up at her and he said, are you God's wife? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Because the light of Christmas was shining through her. And that little boy knew it. So in this season, remember, the light of Christmas shines through all of us. And Jesus was a human like us. And we need to be Christ for other humans. Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.